This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Effin' rants, fury, and dementia-fueled yelling fits. Turns out Dark Brandon is as sick of his own administration as we all are. The show starts now. So a couple weeks ago, it was a trans flasher on the White House lawn. Last week, it was the mysterious baggie of cocaine left in a still disputed location. And this week, apparently, we've got disgruntled Biden aides telling all about Joe's rage fits. Old yeller, that's a good one, Axios. I really wish I would have thought of that. But according to these Biden aides behind closed doors, the big guy is prone to yelling and throwing tantrums. Insider reports suggest Joe has quite the temper and typically admonishes his staff using some of the following colorful phrases. Get the F out of here, don't effing BS me, and God damn it, how the F don't you know this? So ironically, those are also the phrases I use in reference to Joe Biden and his policies. So I wonder if Joe was actually perhaps maybe talking to himself when he said those aforementioned things, just a theory, but a plausible one. Is it really a stretch to say Joe probably talks to himself? I mean, what else is he to do all day locked up in that basement like that? But I think the best part of that Axios article is the part that says, quote, some Biden aides think the president would be better off occasionally displaying his temper in public as a way to assuage voter concerns that the 80-year-old president is disengaged and too old for the office. This is great. Aides think Joe should lose his temper in public more often so that we the people take that as a sign of vibrance and mental acuity. I mean, that's quite the strategy there. Really pathetic. But maybe these aides are relatively new to Team Brandon or unaware he's displayed his anger in public many a time. A damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has heard that. No. You see it on the TV. You want to check my shape on it? Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take it on the show. Get your work straight, Jack. You're a line dog face pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. The man is far from all daisies and ice cream cones, folks. And listen, I'm not a doctor, but it's a known fact that folks with dementia often erupt in bursts of anger. And it's sad. Anyone who's had a loved one with dementia knows this all too well. And again, I sympathize with Joe. He shouldn't be doing this job. But up next, the new meta platform Threads is taking social media by storm. But given it's run by the censorship comrades over there at Facebook, will it be we the conservatives once again hanging on to our content by a thread? Babylon B's Ashley St. Clair joins me next. So over 100 million users have already signed up for Meta's new Threads app, which is essentially Twitter by a new name. But as convenient as the app is, because it basically transfers your existing Instagram profile over in a click, I have some concerns about the usual suspects, data mining, censorship, and privacy. 
So I take it most of us didn't look through the terms of service to find this doozy, that Threads is part of what's called the Fediverse, a decentralized network of servers that allows members' social networks to communicate with each other. And these social networks are not under Meta's purview and also could have servers in China of all places. And once your data is out there, there is no deleting it or getting it back. Here with her thoughts on that and more is conservative content creator and author of Elephants Are Not Birds, very true, Ashley St. Clair. Ashley, it's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Tommy. So let's get into this Threads conversation. I saw the other day that you tweeted you have deleted your entire Instagram profile. So not only are you not on Threads, you don't want to be on Instagram anymore at all. So tell me what reason you have for doing that and if you're ever going to come back to those platforms. So my Instagram account is scheduled for deletion because Mark Zuckerberg will not allow you to delete your account right away. Has to be scheduled for deletion a month out. But I got tired of the data mining. I got tired of giving my data and my time to an individual and a company who hates me and hates so many fundamental values about America, freedom of speech, censorship, privacy, all of these issues. Zuckerberg, from the very beginning, if you remember in the early 2000s when he started Facebook, instant message is leaked of Mark Zuckerberg calling all of the people who gave their data over to him dumb expletives. And that's what he still thinks about you. He is a data pimp. That is what Mark Zuckerberg is. And I'm rejecting it entirely. I want no part of threads. I want no part of Instagram or meta or his metaverse. Uh, I'm done with it. I see what you're saying, and I share a lot of the same concerns. I mean, I have been censored relentlessly on Facebook and Instagram, especially during the never-ending COVID era. In fact, the White House specifically plucked me out to be censored on Facebook. So I know what they do. But for me, it's, it's really a difficult conversation to have because on the one hand, social media is the way that conservatives can really get our voices out there, especially those that are not on a mainstream cable network like Fox News. Conservatives really have to turn to social media to connect with one another and to connect with the world. So it's almost like if you're not on social media, you don't really have a voice. But if you're on social media, you have less of a voice than the liberals have a voice. So I don't know how we bridge the gap. Do we just stay on Twitter? Do you really believe that Elon Musk has freed the bird as he is claimed to have done? Or do you have concerns about that platform as well? For right now, I believe in Elon Musk and what he's doing over at Twitter. I truly believe they're trying to transform Twitter to be the safe haven for free speech. And we've seen many actions in that regard. But it's not just that. I mean, even if you take human trafficking, Meta is one of the worst platforms and they refuse to do anything. And I do not. I feel like we need to be more ethical consumers. And while I feel like it's important for many conservatives to have a voice on social media, there's a fine line and you know it and I know it. And we've watched so many in our industry. They are making six figures a month on Facebook conservatives. And they're doing this by self-censoring in a lot of ways. They didn't get banned through the height of COVID. They didn't get banned through the height of the 2020 election. And there's a fine line between, yes, you want your voice heard, and at what point are you selling out to the machine? I wonder, though, heading into 2024, I mean, I refuse to be on TikTok. That's where I draw the line. I will not, cannot, will never be on TikTok. And I solemnly swear that. Uh, not that it's that much better than Zuckerberg's meta, but to me, you know, having a Chinese Communist Party control that app 
exclusively, that has concerns for me that I'm not willing to, to delve into. But I wonder. Heading I feel into, like you're a good dancer, though. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to see me dance on TikTok. I promise you that. No TikTok dances from top. No, but I, I will tell you this. So my concern is we know that the Biden administration has enlisted an army of these TikToking influencers. I think we saw one flashing people on the White House lawn a few weeks back. But he's got this army of TikTok influencers, these little twerps, these little Gen Zers, right, who are really effective at communicating with young people on social media, but especially TikTok. So I wonder if we hold on to our principles like we always do over here on the conservative side, right? We, we're not going to vote early. We're not going to ballot harvest. We're not going to vote by mail. I get it. But if we have that same attitude towards social media, are we just going to completely lose the millennials, the Gen Z, and everybody that really relies on social media to get their information? As bad as that sounds, I fear that's the reality we live in. I do agree with you on some of those sentiments, too. And I was screaming into the void for a long time about how it's almost a disservice that there's also no conservatives on TikTok because we were told it's bad. Then Gen Z is not getting that voice. So it is a weird thing to grapple with. Should we stay on? Should we leave? Um, but for me personally, I just don't want to be on many platforms. And I take issue with the people in our movement who are self-censoring to make vast amounts of money on these platforms. And I think there is a value, like you said, to having some of those voices on there. But I don't know that that's going to be needed much longer with the number of alternative platforms that are doing incredibly well. Twitter isn't even an alternative platform, and it has record high user seconds and user satisfaction. Rumble is taking off. We have Outkick. We have um, Kick. There's a market for alternative platforms and not in the weird parlor sense, <laughs> but actual competitors that we're seeing coming up. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up parlor because that to me was a debacle, right? So I'm a conservative and I like to talk to like-minded conservatives, but I don't necessarily want to talk to people who live in Megadonia and Megadonia only, right? That they're just in this little like narrow right-wing uh, area and this little right-wing echo chamber like those people are probably great people but i don't want to exclusively talk to them i think i would also go crazy if i didn't have the ability to follow you know the ladies of the view on twitter to get my daily dose of you know blood pressure so i like the idea yeah. of having more speech but speaking of the ladies of the view you know in my opening segment i talked about joe biden he's getting very angry lately apparently he's screaming f-bombs at people um some morning show hosts are upset that his his staff and his aides are not protecting him from the world seeing you know his failings physically and mentally but it's odd. I want to get your take on this. Uh, the ladies of The View, they have a different take. They're actually pretty aroused by it. Let's take a listen. I think it was just someone being angry make you turned on. Yeah. I'm just turned on by Biden's anger. I am too. I like it. You like it? I do. Well, you have said that before. I like that. I mean, he's such a mild-mannered, sweet guy. He's, but you know he's not. We've heard, listen, he has dropped more F-bombs than Uncle, I have. Uncle all right, so what do you think about old Joy there? Apparently, she's got a thing for Joe. Uh, you know, I, for one, Tommy, wouldn't go on national television and tell everyone that my kink is watching elderly men struggle. But, you know, if she's into that, good for her. Whatever gets her, uh, raises her temperature these days, it's probably more difficult for her nowadays. But I think there's, I love that Whoopi calls her out on this. Because there's, she's absolutely right. We've seen him act angry since the beginning, when he was on the campaign trail, challenging voters to push-up contests. So to say that this is anything new and he's getting angry, he's finally 
fighting back. I think this is just an old man who is struggling severely. And at this point, it's probably elder abuse for us to watch and laugh at him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I saw him over in, in Great Britain and in the UK, I thought to myself, boy, the 4th of July just passed. But if Great Britain ever wanted to take another run at it now is really their opportunity, let's be honest. But, you know, moving into some more discussion on 2024, I want to get your thoughts on a few things. Uh, speaking of Joe, I don't think he's going to be the Democratic nominee in 2024. I think that his time is running out. I think that probably by the time we hit maybe Halloween-ish, you're going to see Gavin Newsom, I use the term, installed into that position. But I want to get your take on it. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think the matchup's going to be like? And are you going to be happy with it? I think you're right about Gavin Newsom likely being the nominee. We see him doing this tour, going around Texas. What is Gavin Newsom doing in Texas? Um, but I, for as for the Republican candidates, I've kind of removed myself from it during this primary because I find it to be very ugly. And I believe that we need more of a push for people acting as a collective and not putting so much energy into these campaigns and candidates because consultants are ruining America. Tommy, they're ruining America. And it's impossible to donate to many of these candidates without that money being walked by consultants and consultants getting their greedy little hands on it. So for the most part, I've absolved myself. I love what Vivek is saying, Vivek uh, and RFK to an extent, though he's still a Democrat. But I've removed myself from the Trump-DeSantis discussion of it all, because right now in the primary, I find it to be very ugly and not helpful. Yeah, no, it's it's disappointing. You know, I see it every day and I feel like Twitter when you when you go through this and you see the DeSantis cap, camp fighting with the Trump camp and their supporters on either side fighting each other. It doesn't feel like the real world to me. It doesn't feel like these groups of people actually dislike each other as much as it would seem on social media, because I don't know many people who are firmly Trump or firmly DeSantis that would say, I don't like Trump or I don't like DeSantis. I think we all like them both. We might have a favorite, but I think it's getting ugly on Twitter and the Democrats are absolutely loving it. Uh, I worry about that and I worry that we're playing right on into their hands. But while I have you, Ashley, you tweeted something, uh, I think it was last week, that I found very interesting. It's not necessarily political, but I think it's an important concept. I have the tweet. It's very lengthy, so I'm going to summarize it, and you tell me if I'm getting it right. It's that women are posting, you know, thirst trap selfies. They're not posting themselves, you know, doing womanly things in the kitchen, or they're not posting themselves necessarily being good wives or good mothers. So we've put that on ourselves, that men look at us as objects, they look at us as thirst trap providers, and that's half the reason we're in the place that we're in. So tell me what you meant by all of that and what you think the solution is. I think there's, a, that was partly what I was getting at. I think there's a growing number of, uh, a growing community online to return to traditional values and women need to be pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen and that the modern woman is just this disgusting disgrace. Uh, you and I are even worse, especially since we're trying to dabble in politics. How dare we? Um, but I think a lot of it, too, there's no self-reflection. These people will admit that there are stereotypical gender roles and that the men should lead. And if the men are leading, what are they leading us to when most of the things that they speak about on social media are the appearance of women if they're talking about women. I hardly see men 
bragging about the, the dinner their wife made or how well their wife cares for their children. And if they want to see some of these things, they should probably talk about them more as opposed to the vapid appearance. Right now, we have an entire discussion going on on Twitter all day on whether or not Margot Robbie is attractive. <laughs> and you don't see this happening with anyone else. No one's having disagreements. You and I are not on here talking about whether or not Ryan Reynolds is hot. So there is a certain way that the discussion is led with men that I think if they want different results, they might want to try adjusting their behavior in certain ways. Well, I agree with you on that front as well. And I think it can get a little frustrating over on the conservative side. I am still on Instagram and half the time I have conservative followers and I'll post something and they tell me that I shouldn't be posting something like that because I'm a conservative and also because I'm married. Well, I'm still alive and I'm still breathing and being a conservative doesn't mean that I am sometime, uh, somehow a square or I have somehow died and my femininity you know, has gone over to the ladies of the view. Like that's just not where we are. But I do think it's frustrating and I'm really interested to see what you think about this clip that I'm about to play for you. There was a girl, she went viral on TikTok, hundreds of thousands of views. She made a video saying that she's a liberal woman Right, And she wants to find a man that really performs all the traditional gender roles, pays for things, is protective, is manly, but she can't seem to find men that fill that role that are not conservative, and she doesn't want to date a conservative, as she says. So she's in a real pickle, a real dilemma. Take a listen and let me know what you think. Do you want to know one of the saddest realizations I recently had? Was that as a liberal woman... It is really hard to find a man who is willing to play the more traditional masculine role in the relationship in today's day and age. Who is not a conservative? A man who wants to pay on the first date, who wants to open your door, who has that want and desire to take care of you and to provide. Who is not a conservative? And obviously as a liberal woman, I do want to be respected for my independence. And I do want to have my own autonomy in the relationship and not be confined or conform to the traditional female homemaker, childbearing role. And most of the men that I've dated who do have that more natural provider masculinity about them are normally conservative. So I don't really know what to do because I don't want to compromise my morals and values just to find a man. But am I asking to have my cake and eat it too? I think she's right. And in a lot of ways, the left, to be on the left, it requires that you reject reality in many ways. Many of the ideologies on the left are just totally antithetical to reality in general and truth. And so part of that is rejecting biological truths in more ways than one. And one of those is those stereotypical gender roles and that women have a biological desire to be protected and have security. And that's part of our biology. So if you can't agree on those biological truths, it's going to be really hard to find a man who caters to that and is not an effeminate liberal. Right. And wears jeans that actually touch the ground um, and are not skinnier than mine. That's just a personal preference that I have. But I appreciate your time. I like the skinny jeans. I like it. <laughs> OK, well, <laughs> that's where you and I differ on that. I mean, it depends on the man wearing it, but skinny and scrawny and, you know, Probably doesn't see a lot of sunlight, not necessarily my type. But hey, to each their own. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. And uh, I'm a, one of your loyal followers on Twitter, and I love everything that you say. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Tommy. Been a fan of you for a while. Thank you for having me on. Of course. We'll see you again soon. Still ahead, more censorship at the hands of our very own government. And this time, we've learned they want us to shut up about Ukraine, too. My final thoughts are next.
Folks, just when you thought the government, the FBI, and big tech couldn't get any more slimy, a new report suggests they were keen on censoring posts about Ukraine, too. And yeah, I have some final thoughts. Hunter's laptop, the 2020 election, and of course, all things COVID and vaccine-related, censored. But that's not all. A new report based on documents subpoenaed by our friends on the House Judiciary Committee from Meta and the parent company of Google and YouTube show, in plain black and freaking white, the FBI worked with a Ukrainian intelligence agency to put the pressure on these social media companies to censor and suppress accounts accused of spreading Russian disinformation. Yeah, that's right. Russian disinformation, the same thing they labeled Hunter's very real laptop. This report, part of a broader investigation into the First Amendment abuse levied against Americans at the hands of big government and big tech, shows the FBI violated the First Amendment rights of Americans and potentially undermined our national security. Yeah, no duh. This is all coming full circle now. No level-headed or serious person agrees with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But for the security service of Ukraine to work with our FBI, our premier law enforcement agency, created and funded by We the People to protect We the People of America, to be working together to censor content critical of Ukraine or critical of our endless funding of Ukraine is an absolute abomination. Since when are the American people forbidden to be critical of war or how our tax dollars are being spent and sent to foreign entities? This House Judiciary Report goes on to say that authentic accounts of Americans, including a verified U.S. State Department account and those belonging to American journalists, were part of this censorship effort and flagged for social media companies to take down. And this was a massive operation spanning 5,165 Facebook accounts flagged for moderation. And even more concerning than that, when Meta didn't take immediate action to suppress these accounts, the FBI pressed the platform and followed up. Oh, and get this, the report also details that neither the Ukrainian intelligence agency nor our own FBI provided justification as to why these accounts were flagged and labeled disinformation. It really doesn't matter how much of this pressure the social media companies acted on. The fact our own government was making these requests is enough and should be enough to make your blood boil. Folks, we've sent $113 billion and counting to Ukraine, our hard-earned tax dollars. And the FBI, along with a foreign intel agency, doesn't even want us to be able to have a fully open and honest conversation about it. This is just further proof the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, and the White House itself need to be gutted and rebuilt from scratch. You know how free nations fall like this. Don't believe me? Do you really want to find out? Because I sure as hell do not. Those are my final thoughts. Don't forget to check out Riley Gaines' new podcast, Gaines for Girls, every Wednesday on Outkick's YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. From Nashville, God bless and take care.